0: Welcome to episode 251 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Monday, April 23rd, 2012. On tonight's show, uh, it's just 10 days now, about 10 days now to the AAFP NCSC meeting, one of the largest family medicine advocacy meetings of the entire year. Very excited about that. For the entire show tonight, my good friend, uh, mentor, and AFP board member Dr. Julie Wood will be uh, talking to me about uh, the upcoming NCSC meeting, or memories of it, and maybe some embarrassing stories about me. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> um, all that uh, coming up on episode 251 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. And uh, as we always do, <laughs> and I'll be milking this for the rest of the year, my good friend here, Dr. Glenn Stream. Uh, the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians.
1: Um, this year, one of my commitments and and a great interest is to be more engaged with you as leaders, chapter leaders, uh, and and our frontline membership. Uh, on on Monday, a Twitter handle. I'm privileged to be the first one to hold uh, at AFP prez p r e z. I already have 29 followers, I feel so proud. Um, I have a long long way to go to catch up to uh, our current student board member, Kevin Bernstein, who has a little over 1,000, and our our king of family medicine, social media, uh, Mike Sevilla, who has uh, nearly 7,000 members.
0: social media. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. I'm your host. My name is Mike Savilla, the hardest working family physician in social media. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. What is this show about? I tell people this is social media through the eyes of a family physician. I invite you to check out my digital library of blog posts, audio podcasts, and videos. And FamilyMedicineRocks.com. And a shout-out to all 8,814 people follow me on Twitter. Why, I have no idea. But so thank you so much for that. Also, a shout-out to all 373 people who like the Facebook page still, still aiming for 9,000 Twitter followers and 400 people on Facebook by NCSC time. We'll see if that happens. Today is Monday, April 23rd. 2012 it is 9 p.m eastern 8 p.m central and here at family medicine rocks world headquarters it feels like 34 degrees fahrenheit in late april that's right didn't snow here today it was very windy the weather people here were giving us the uh, weather winter storm warnings never happened but it's just really windy here this evening so uh and chilly so how was your weekend there kids uh, another another great excellent weekend here in uh, northeastern Ohio, and uh, for the locals here, I'll be uh, I'll be on WKBN TV early tomorrow morning. I have to get up at 3:45 a.m. Uh, and I'm still podcasting tonight because because I do it for you people out there because I'm a giver. That's why. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited about the upcoming shows in the next 10 days here uh, tonight. Of course, we have uh, Julie Wood, M.D. Uh, but coming up in a couple of days, Wednesday, April twenty-five, for the West Coast people at uh, seven thirty p.m. Pacific time, ten thirty Eastern. Uh, my good friend uh, Dr. Robin Liu will be here, the family, uh, the new physician board member of the AAP Board of Directors, and uh, she'll be here chatting up the meeting. And they'll be uh, very excited about that. Also on Thursday for show two hundred fifty-three, uh, Thursday, April 26, at two p.m. Eastern time. A good friend, Dr. Jerry Tolbert, uh, will be here. He's been on the show here before. He is uh, will be an NCSC newbie, and I will be performing his NCSC orientation right here on the show at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, so you can't miss out on that. Also, next week here, that's right, the convener himself, uh, Dr. Jay Lee, will be here uh, next week, and also an exclusive interview that I'm trying to set up for next week, which will be history-making, groundbreaking, unprecedented. That is, if I can set it up, if I can't set it up, then uh, just forget all what I said. <laughs> um, but our guest uh, coming up in just a little bit will, is uh, Julie Wood, uh, MD, and uh, she is a practicing family physician for nearly 20 years. I've been practicing for about 10 years, and she's currently in practice as an Associate Director of Research Family Medicine Residency Program in Kansas City, Missouri, where she is especially involved in maternity care curriculum and serves as the medical director of a 55-provider outpatient clinic. Um, She's the physician lead for their clinic's involvement in a multi-center, patient-centered medical home pilot project. Uh, So that's very exciting. And throughout her career, she's been active in promoting and spreading awareness uh, concerning breastfeeding. She currently serves as the AAFP's Breastfeeding Advisory, uh, serves on the Advisory Committee, represents the AAFP to the United States Breastfeeding Committee. And on a personal note... And uh, she's on hold here, so she's hearing everything that I'm saying. Uh, she's been a mentor of mine for a long time, going all the way back to my student resident days and uh, and uh, helping me with resolutions and how to be a, an effective delegate at advocacy meetings, so we will get to all of that. But first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me be a featured host here on the network. Thank you so much for that. I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005. Uh, and if you're curious, yes, I'm a real doctor. I am a uh, family physician in full-time private practice, uh, meaning I, I see patients five days a week in the office and in the hospital here in beautiful northeastern Ohio. So we'll take our break. And after the break, Dr. Julie Wood will be here. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution. You don't know what that is. Just Google FM revolution for more details also a member of the pro-med network of podcasts you can get there by going to promednetwork.com com. and julie will be here right after this <laughs> That's right, Family Medicine's leading voice in social media in my own mind. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is Mike Sevilla. And on the line with us here is my good friend, Dr. Julie Wood. Uh, welcome to the show there, my friend.
1: Hi, Mike. It's good to be here with the king of social media.
0: Hey, you know, and before we start off, you know, uh, it was very funny earlier today, uh, I very much appreciate you promoting the show on your Facebook page, but your non-physician friends We're a little bit confused uh, about some of the abbreviations. Some uh, of our lingo. Yes. But
1: It was fun. (laughs) They may be on. They may be listening. You never know.
2: Hey, you know, and I really...
1: Shout out to Mark and to Corey if they're on. Uh, one of them is an engineer and one of them is an artist. And so they were a little baffled by what is what is an NCSC and what is an ALF when we were talking about that in our uh in especially in Twitter lingo, so with the abbreviations.
0: Uh yes, yes. In Twitter you you don't have a lot of characters to uh to uh um you know to get your point across. So understandably it is uh, confusing but thank you everybody physician non-physician you know out there listening to the show here this evening uh but it is so it's so fun to have you on i mean we have just a, a lot to talk about um but uh, i guess starting off and how's your year been going on so long so far you know being a you know going big time being the afp board member how's that going
1: it's going really well i'm learning a lot and uh, hopefully representing you well so um Certainly, it's a it's a really robust environment. It's a very exciting time to be on the board, with all of the action in DC. Um, a little bit scary and challenging all at the same time, but I'm really happy to be there and and um, bring it on.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> we're glad we're we're glad you're there, and and we, we will definitely dive into uh, to some of that stuff. But but uh, for people, especially. Uh, you know, people who uh, listen to the show, you know, most of the people that listen to the show aren't even physicians. Uh, they're kind of the general public, and uh, we're, we're very happy that uh, all of you listen. Uh, so, so Julia, I, I will start out with, with a very difficult question for you. Um, you know, when you talk to medical students or even community members, you know, wh- what do you love about your job? What is really cool about family medicine?
1: Well, for me, it's the, the whole person approach that we take to the patient. Um, I just got to speak to a group of pre-med students uh, last week uh, about their approach and how they should look at medicine and and applying to medical school. And I got asked that question, why did you pick to become a family physician? So I just got to answer this, and um, I went on and on and on, and it was very sincere and heartfelt. So I just got to answer this one in front of a group of college students. And uh, so a lot of my answer was related to what I do every day, and it's it's taking a look at that whole family and seeing what they need, what their health care needs are, what their preventive medicine needs are. And, and when I was in school, I was one of those people that liked just about everything that I did. Um, but I really wanted to focus on wellness. I really like maternity care a lot. Um, but I also wanted to deliver the baby and continue to care for that baby and the whole family. So, um, And I liked critical care. I liked thinking through really difficult problems, and I can continue to do that. And I like teaching patients, and it was a way to tie it all together and also be able to be involved with the community. So um, it was really the full package for me.
0: Did you have um, uh, family members uh, in, in the medical field or friends that you knew in the medical field? Did you remember kind of your first uh, um, influences or, or your first mentors, even, going, even back in the undergrad area as far as influencing you you to go to medical school in the first place?
1: I have a grandmother who was a nurse, but she was a grandmother that um, I didn't know very well because she died when I was a young age. So I didn't have her as an influence other than some genetics maybe. Um, But I'm from a really small town, and so my influence and my idea of what a physician is is very much a family physician as I was growing up. I didn't have a a preformed idea that that's what I was going to do when I got to medical school, but that was definitely a formative idea of what a physician is in in my mind when I got there, and it was a pretty early decision. I had um, a very strong family medicine interest group in my school and attended family medicine interest group meetings early on and uh, had some really good experiences with that, and that was a very important part, and I've never forgotten that when I work with students. Uh, how important those early role models are uh, as I work with students, and I think that we all need to continue to remember that
0: uh and something that, that I love talking with with family docs about is is you know during you know during that third year of medical school during your clerkship years um you know and every you know family doc i, I talk to even people in primary care you know you, you know that the um you know the primary care gets beat up uh, pretty much wherever you're at and, uh, you know, by other physicians, by other residents and by all that kind of stuff. And, and, um, you know, wh- uh, how did you kind of, you know, you know, stay strong during those years or, how, or, or you, know, you, you did keep, you know, um, plugged in with your family medicine interest group or, or how did you kind of, you know, get through that year and, and say, you know, I still want to do primary care. I still wanted to be a family physician.
1: Well, like a lot of other students and those around us, I got a lot of that, oh, you're too smart to do that, and I had a lot of good mentors at that point. I had gotten involved with uh, my Missouri Academy of Family Physicians, and I had a lot of really good role models to show me that um, this was a really important role in medicine and um, that there are really smart people doing this, and there needed to be the best of the best in family medicine. So I think surrounding myself with great role models, which, again, I think is why i I found this to be so important as I became uh, a, an established physician. So I think even though when I heard that um, people in academic medicine telling me that, uh, that, I had so many more other people surrounding me saying, no, you can do it and you need to do it, and uh, it's a really important thing to do. So having other people around me being strong and showing me the right way was uh, made it a lot easier to do. So it's important for us to continue to do that.
0: Um, you know, something uh, I, I always love talking with family physicians about is you see one family physician, you see one family physician and uh, exactly. I love uh, I love hearing them telling their story about, you know, what they're doing and what their practice situation is, share a little bit with me and the audience here what your current practice situation is right now.
1: And and I've been in if I you don't mind me backing up a little, what I'm doing now is really different than where I started, just like a lot of other people
0: Yeah. my first job.
1: I I left a residency and went back to my hometown. Uh, that I alluded to, a, t- a town of 5,000 people and um, practiced full-scope family medicine for several years, and um, including OB, obst- you know, operative obstetrics, the whole gamut, um, and, um, and transitioned in 2003 to inner-city Kansas City, where I'm now in a residency program. And I always intended to do academics at some point. I didn't think it would be quite as early in my career as it was, and I'm really blessed to have done it, um it was pushed a little earlier than I expected, um, and I think everything happens for a reason but the what happened in our area was and in Missouri, where there was a big malpractice crisis as yes. far as insurance um, and um, you alluded to, and I mentioned as well that um, maternity care is really important to me, and we uh my town, all the physicians in the area in the hospital were are going to stop delivering babies. Um, we had about, I calculated my rates and they went up 470% without a case wow. at, all, uh, at that time. And, uh, it was just untenable, unfortunately. And it was a real deal breaker. Uh, and, uh, I, I it broke my heart, but I left and that, that was never my intention. And so, um, you know, we'll probably talk about advocacy later, but that was a big, big advocacy point for me. A lot of testifying, leaving my practice, closing my doors, Uh, And I was a solo, rural, private, you know, physician at the time uh, and talking about access issues and things like that. And um, so I was really fortunate to be able to uh, find the role that I did, I'm continuing to deliver babies and teaching the next generation to go and do it, and uh, I'm able to deliver as well. So I uh, thoroughly love my job now, and um, it also, you know, I think um, at the time my children were really small, They're teenagers now, and so it's given me an opportunity to see them grow up. And uh, so that was a blessing as well. And uh, so in my role currently, um, you talked a little bit about that. Um, So uh, I'm our clinic director. We have a a large clinic, and I teach. I still see patients as well. And one of our big projects uh, as of the last several years has been Uh, working on the medical home, and that takes up a lot of my time, Uh, and I've thoroughly enjoyed that. It's been a lot of challenges, but a lot of rewards as well, and in February, we just got our Level 3 NCQA recognition, so that's been um, a long time coming, and we have a lot more work to continue to do to maintain that, and that's uh, really something where we've, uh, in working for that, we've really found a lot of other things that we want to continue to do to continue to get better, so um, that's been a lot of the focus of my work lately
0: um and, and we'll touch on it in, in 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 the course of our chat but but kind of for the layperson, you know ncqa and and and, um, and those type of things you know that's that it's that, kind of a way that that um, family medicine is trying to show that you uh, know we can show you know how we can um um you know have a, a a different and better medical model than what we have now and um and, and i guess level 3 is is kind of you know um very much on the path of that process is is that correct Because it does take a very a, a lot of work to do
1: right they measure um that's one of the certifying agencies that takes a look at medical home and they have three levels and level 3 is the highest level based on there's an application process and then they look at the different levels of quality, how you can report that, measuring outcomes, ways you look at your processes in the office, and um, looking at access to care, how you're um, measuring your quality. And um, we went through a lot of different changes to make sure that we were doing the best we possibly could to take care of our patients.
0: Um, and I mean, it's uh, I, uh, I uh, I'm going to ask you again about you know about your your love of. Of uh, of maternity care and breastfeeding, and and when I you know when I see you at these meetings and and when you're talking about it, you're just very passionate about it. What 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 what, what drives you to speak about it, to very be involved with maternity care and breastfeeding and and, and those type of issues? I mean, it's it's just uh you know something. If I ever have a question, I'm like, well, I'm going to ask Julie because she knows everything about this. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, what, what 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 uh you know why is it so important to you?
1: Well, I think it's an area where family physicians really have an opportunity to impact patient care and care of the whole family because we have a unique niche there where we see all members of the family, but we also see in prenatal care we see the mom even before they get pregnant. We see them when they're very young. We can impact them to stay healthy and and get healthy even before they become pregnant to take care of them through the whole pregnancy after they deliver Um, for the breastfeeding, same thing. We have that whole continuity of care piece that we can um, influence them and help them um, through the whole time as opposed to, and and I've gotten involved with some of the policy with that, with prenatal care and delivery and breastfeeding, um, where I interact with um, pediatricians and OBs and half the time with policy things, they spend arguing over which piece is the pediatric piece and which piece is the OB piece. And there's so many things that we can just help them with. That they don't have to argue over the turf battles of all of that. Uh, and they'll even turn around and say, oh, well, this is easy for you because you do the whole thing. And it's exactly it. It's just a natural fit um, where we're really there to, to help them and help them achieve optimal health. I think it's a, a perfect fit for the family physician. And it's just something I really enjoy. It's um it can – yeah, one of my mentors told me one time when I, I had a mom who lost a baby, it's, it's definitely a challenging time. It's the highest high and the lowest low. And it's a time when they definitely need their family physician to help them. And most of the time, thankfully, it's the best of times and um, something that I really treasure in helping with my patients.
0: I'm on the line with this uh, with my good friend, uh, Dr. Julie Wood, family physician and uh, AAFP board member. Um, why don't we uh, switch gears here a little bit um, about um, leadership Um not so much about advocacy part, but kind of, kind of your leadership development. Um, and we'll end up uh, talking about ALF and NCSC, but, um, let, let's start uh, chatting about, you know, uh, I guess, you know, your first experiences with, um, you know, with organized medicine, you know, with your state chapter and, and, and how did that all come about?
1: I was thinking at the very beginning, I, I was actually back to the family medicine interest group. Um, we, um, I was involved with that in my school after I got interested. And you were talking about you've seen one family physician, you've seen one family physician. One of the first meetings I went to that I got became interested, truly interested in family medicine, where I wasn't just kind of scoping it out, um, there was a panel of uh, three family physicians. One was a, a rural family physician who who did it all and uh, kind of like what I started out doing my first ever in practice. And um, it, it ended up being a, a wonderful mentor. Uh, another um, – uh, clinic-based, in the city family physician, and then an academic family physician. They all had very different practices. They were all extremely passionate about what they did, and they spoke in a panel. And I remember thinking, that's what I want to do. These people love what they do. They're all, um, you know, appeared to be very smart and, and talented physicians, but you know, their passion really came through. And I liked how they had carved out their own niche of exactly what they wanted to do. And that that panel was extremely uh, uh, potent in what they – they described and I really enjoyed that and that's what really pulled me in and I got involved with the FMIG from there and worked my way up through the leadership uh, I went to a 6-year program um here at UMKC in Kansas City and and uh, so I had several years in the FMIG more than many of you and uh, eventually became one of the officers and with the Missouri Academy of Family Physicians they uh, at that time rotated their position on their board around to the different medical schools in the state to make it fair. And so it just came up that my school was up for a position on the board in one of my last years in school. And so um, I was asked as an SMIG leader to sit that position on the board. So I was an, I think, alternate director my uh, next to last year in my uh senior year than I was the director. And I really enjoyed that. There were a number of mentors that um, were involved uh, and um, I got probably more involved than some of the past students had. I'm very much a jump in there and do things kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) You know me. I know. I I think they kind of embraced that. And um, um, one of the uh, um, one of the board members of the MAFP said, hey, um," I talked to the executive director at the time and said, you know, we've got a couple extra funds. Why don't you bring her along to the Scientific Assembly? And I didn't even know about the Scientific Assembly. I was, you know, I was new to, uh, I didn't know anything about the national scene. I had done some of the state stuff. And they uh, they hadn't told me this yet, but they approached me and said, we'll fund you to come to the annual meeting. You know, what a gift. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and for for, that, for
0: people uh, for people that don't know that yeah. that is the, the the huge annual meeting of our academy and it's like it's like big time it's like um, you know the biggest meeting of the entire year and uh, and they ask you to go to that that's that's great
1: as a student right and uh, so and I happened to be on a family medicine rotation so when I told the attending that I was on with what the opportunity was he's like go that's go that's great you know so. It just couldn't have come together any better. We also happened to have a candidate from our state running for the board uh mm. pat Harr and uh so they threw me in there. I became a campaigner I'm handing out buttons. I knew Pat he'd been a good mentor on the state level um he's very student friendly he um had um he has students come and do rotations with him he you know he's a great guy uh, and another mentor uh and So I went. I really didn't know what I was getting into much yet. um, And I loved it. I mean, it it just couldn't have been more eye opening. I, for the first time, went and uh, had been, you know, went to um, reference committees, to the Congress of Delegates, um, went to the full assembly, of course. But uh, that was my first um, Congress of Delegates and reference committee and the whole thing. And that was phenomenal. And Pat won uh, his election. Uh, Oh great! uh, Great. That that was very inspiring. So so
0: that's kind of how you knew that you were a a policy-making, you know, junkie, and you wanted to really get into it and dive into it.
1: Yep. And and I had been to um, I think I'm trying to think timeline-wise. I don't know if I had been to the national conference yet then or not. It came shortly after that, and I really then dove in more to the national conference as a resident member, and then went to the policy side after that. It, uh, I had done the student side more as a fact-finding mission for residencies and things
2: before, right. but
1: um, but boy, that was just a life-changing experience when they sent me there and uh, wow. went off to so, residency. So then you,
0: you would you would go yeah. to the resident meeting and really dive into things and probably yeah. run for things or that type and, of deal. And uh,
1: when I did that, I, um, I my intern year, as with many, I was pretty much busy being an intern. Um but my second year of uh residency, i came back and i ran for a resident delegate and was successful and so did the the alternate and and um full you, you know that gig. you've done that yourself
2: exactly right um, <laughs> right yeah right. and
1: uh and then uh then uh became a new physician delegate later on in NCSC. so after that yeah was, uh, yeah transition into so state leadership what, uh,
0: what uh so, so when you talk to medical students, especially about leadership things and and uh, you know I, I guess and that's the first time I've heard that in the full story. I've heard parts of the story before mm-hmm. what, what do you what, what do you talk to students? What do you recommend to students or what what, what uh, about you know just getting involved you know at that level as a student or even as a resident?
1: I think uh, if they have the ability to go to the national conference, it's a wonderful place to get started if they're interested in policy, um, of course, at the state level. Um, Most states have excellent opportunities for students to get involved at some level. Um, So it it depends on what they're interested in, but within the academy for um, students and family medicine, there are so many opportunities for students, and their voice is very welcome and we want to hear about it. So um, I think both of those uh, at the state level, at the local level in the med school, the Family Medicine Interest Group Network is very powerful and a great place to learn and, and get mentored. And finding a family physician mentor in your community as I keep coming back to you and I think that's so powerful sure. and I have I have so many um wonderful memories and, and mentors that are still really important to me. I mentioned Pat Pat was with me um this past year for my board campaign campaigning with me and came back and that was very meaningful to me. So um there's several of them out there and I don't if I start doing names I'll uh, I'll mess right. up, you know.
0: But, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but there are a lot of them uh, out there. Um, but I think well, uh, one-on-one you know, yeah, on
1: one mentoring is really important. But there's so many great academy
0: opportunities too. Uh, yeah, you know, like like these leadership meetings, and and we we, we can shift to to NCSC, which uh, mm-hmm. uh, which I like to talk a lot about. Um, do you uh, do you remember your first uh, NCSC meeting? Do you remember the, the mentors that that helped guide you through that when you first started and didn't even know that much about what was going on?
1: You know, I, I, I have to tell one thing that's kind of funny. It's not funny, haha, but it's funny, ironic. Um, at, if I can back up one thing about, you know, we're talking about sure. um, helping write resolutions, um, how we all help each other. I think you mentioned I helped you write some at the beginning of your resolution writing career. It, there's yeah. all this pay-it-forward stuff. but my, Do you know who helped me write my very first resolution? Um I, who. I was actually um, a young resident, um was Reed Blackwelder. Um, wow. Is one of our third year um uh, board members now. Board members, yeah. Yeah. And so uh I was trying to remember it. he was probably I you know I don't want to date us and and he probably won't want me to date him. But uh
2: <laughs> I was
1: I was um I know I was a resident and I don't know I think he may have been a new physician that was coming and helping out at the at the national conference. Um and yeah, he they were helping with the resolution writing session. And and I was writing my very first resolution and he was one of the help people that helped with that session. So it's not quite NCSC but here here are you know young leaders helping the upcoming group and then coming on and so I think that's pretty cool. So thanks Rita. It's very for cool. up there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know he is. So, he's, yeah, he he's I mean it was really yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so back to N C S C. My very first one this, you know, you're talking about, I know your show um, the other night that you did about uh, the the early uh, people tweeting, kind of right, some right. of us are geeks there. Um, here's my geek uh, admission. I think those of us um, that really get into the policy part of it, um, I really liked the National Conference when I got into the whole resident scene and then was one of those people that wanted to transition over to the new physician part of NCSC. Um so that's the the shall we tell them what that is? Have you done this enough now for the for the group the other <laughs> nights? Nice, um, a national conference on special constituencies.
0: yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's what, what I tell people. Basically, you know, it, it's yeah. a, it's an advocacy meeting for family docs and and uh, for for you know trying to highlight particular groups of the academy and, and basically, I mean, it's just, you know in, in, in a in a big sense, it's it's a bunch of family docs coming together to to talk about you know advocacy issues.
1: So. Um, and a lot of times though, there are folks that are coming for the very first time that have had no experience at the academy. Some people kind of transition over from the resident student group that have already done it, and I was one of those. But I think what's really cool about that meeting is there are a lot of first-timers there with no experience. Um, but my my geek moment was, uh, and you are asking about my first one, um, I yeah. went um, right out of residency and into practice, and I had not even started my practice yet. it it was in a it was going to start in a few days um and so i had written some resolutions before i got there and people are how do you have time to write all this stuff when you're in practice i'm like well i haven't actually started yet so i was like a raw (laughs) new physician
2: i never Um, knew that 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 is awesome yeah
1: that's that's pretty geeky i was an extremely new physician so (laughs) nice that was my first one, so I was okay. somewhere between resident and new physician at my very first one, but I was so excited to go, and I had time to do it and um and there I was I was very eager <laughs>
0: yeah um I you did and, not answer I...
1: that question, folks. that was a real question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, I, I I I remember you know first meeting you and I you know and, and I had a, a similar track through through the resident student uh, meeting you know I didn't really do too much student stuff I did a lot of family medicine interest group family medicine club stuff um, very similar yeah yeah and uh, I didn't uh, uh, and I kind of I kind of ran for resident delegate as kind of uh, like a joke. Uh, or just to pacify my friends who who were uh, bothering me for three years to to run for something. And I'm like, hell no, Mike. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I've i been to the meeting for years. I see all these speeches. I could never do that, but you know, I'm just going to run. It's my last year of residency, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make a good show, you know, and, and it'll be, it'll be a good experience for me to run and lose. And, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, it, it'll be fun for me to do that. Um, and you know, you know, preparing you know, preparing this two minute speech was like the the most you know nerve wracking thing of my professional life up to that point. You know, because I, I, I've never done, done a lot of. Pu- yeah, I, I've never done a lot of public speaking. You know, and and I was just like you know, and and I've been in that room before. You know, and it was like, and you got to put that podium, and, and I'm like. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But I'm like terrified there. I'm like terrified. There were like three other candidates, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, that's fine. I'll do it. And then, you know, then we'll you know go out partying later. And then I won. I was like, oh, man, I won. What do I do now? I won. <laughs> um, so 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 that was my last year. So so when I was actually the delegate, I was in my first year of, of practice then. Um, and I think that's when I met you um, at that point. Yes. Oh, um, I, I think remember you, I, you were
1: the resident delegate when I met you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so that's that, that's kind of where we met. And I was asking a lot of questions. And I'm like, "What does this mean? And what does that mean?" And because, you know, cause when I was elected, that was like my first conference of delegates. I'm like, you know, what is this all about? You know, I'm like, I presume it's similar to the resident student meeting, but kind of not. And it's a lot more people, and it's just like crazy. And um, I was just like, didn't even know a lot. <laughs> well, it's definitely a vertical but, learning
1: curve, but it's fun.
0: It is. It is. You know, and, and and you're definitely right. I mean, it's it's definitely a you know a lot of pay, pay it forward type of stuff. You know, and and uh, you know, you, you taught me a lot of things. And uh, you know, when I got to the NCSE meeting, I knew some of the people there already since I was delegate. And and uh, just like you said, I mean, you know, if you come from the resident student side, uh, that from that meeting, you kind of know what to do. But if, you're, if you've are if you never been to any kind of policy meeting or know about, you know, Robert's Rules of Order or that type of thing, it, yeah, it's, it, it's, kinda it's overwhelming. fun for me. Uh, it's fun for me, and I know it's fun for you just to kind of say, oh, this is what you need to do um, logistically to get that done and that type of thing. And, right. and that that's what's really fun for me, and I know it's fun for you too.
1: And I, I think, um, and I don't know what the stats are this year, but I know often it's about half of the attendees are first time which is so important because part of that meeting is to find and develop emerging leaders. And I think that's what's so fun about that meeting is um, it's to continue to stimulate the current ones, but to get new ones in there and really get them uh, an opportunity to learn about the system within the academy where they can have their voice be heard and to learn the system. Um, And uh, and it's really fun to watch that happen and, and get Get that um, – feel that energy and that synergy that you mentioned on your show the other night. And You can just watch it happen.
0: Uh, yeah, and it, it's great. It's basically the first-time people because you know that these people come with a lot of passion, but they don't have a lot of experience. And it, it's fun to try to guide them because they're already leaders in the community. Oh, it's yeah, they wouldn't be that- there in the first place. It's Just showing them what the rules are, and then they can just you just have them take off and then you just go and and watch them and you know and to say, Oh you know hey, this is great, but you can phrase this a little bit differently or that type of thing and it, it it's a really it, it's a it's a great learning environment um it, it's you know it's easy to to make mistakes you know you're among friends, and you know it's it's um it, it's really fun to kind of watch people. Um, kind of, kind of grow um, uh, leadership wise as you come back year after year after year, and then and then you make fun of them uh, <laughs> when you talk about the, fir- the first time they were ever at a meeting because it's always kind of funny.
1: Well, I think the other thing that's really nice the way that the, the meeting is set up it's it's the development of, like I said, of emerging leaders, but there's also the annual leadership form set up of the current leaders of the state chapters, and so there's that intermingling so that the developing leaders get to have some sessions with the current leaders and, and that gels. You know, I think that's really a neat way that that's been structured and, and it's important as well.
0: Uh, yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, it's, and, and that's, um, you know, obviously I've been pushing NCSC and NCSC, but uh, you know, the ALF meeting, you know, the annual leadership forum, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's a great way um, to, to interface with the other um, state chapter leaders um, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm getting to a point where um, that I'm probably going to transition over to that because um, you know, there's kind of not else left to do at NCSC.
2: Once <laughs> I mean, you
1: become uh, established, you know, uh, if you go through the that, that's that's a hard transition. Is I came up for the new physician ranks, and then you're suddenly not new anymore. And <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and like, oh.
2: exactly. Yeah, you like me
1: probably you you know when you're when you go to the outside of things then you sneak over to the NCSC side and watch the NCSC policy going on. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. You
1: can't help yourself.
0: No, you no, you can't help yourself. And and oh. uh I and, and I think that's one of one of the uh, um one of the things when you're a leader um is that, you know, m- 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 you want to you know have your own you know professional and leadership development but there's got to you know, there's a time where you have to let go and say you know um it, there's got to be room for other people and other people have to develop as well and and uh you know it's it's not you know it it it's tough to not you know get you know knee deep in a lot of stuff and and let you know especially new people try to learn the system it's a, it's a difficult balance there sometimes wouldn't you think
1: oh definitely i think but i still like to hear what the issues are but I think you have to let them do it. You know, it's it's their turn to learn and to develop the policy because it's their voice. But I really like to hear what's going on, and now especially as a board member, it's it's important I think for us to listen, but just to listen. So.
0: Well, when the, when were you convener? When were you the, the the chair of the meeting? I don't remember. I was I
1: remember thinking about this when we were getting ready to do this call. This it was ten years ago, two two thousand and two.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And, and uh, what what do you remember from that uh, experience? Because it's a very different experience kind of like being like the face of the meeting other than, you know, uh, rather than being a delegate or somebody, you know, of that well, I
1: remember the, the year before when I was the, one of the leaders, the way it was structured at the time, you know, you when you're a new physician delegate and you help with your co-delegate run the new physician caucus and such. And um, you're right, that's a totally different experience. And then the following year I became the convener, which means you lead the whole meeting and um and as you well know Mike you've done that. What year were you doing that?
0: Um, I think it's later, been like I think it's like 5 years ago or You're
1: much like younger than me. So. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, he didn't make me say that either. Um But I, what I remember about that was um several things. I, I, first of all, I remember being very chaotic. <laughs>
2: not because the meeting wasn't well
1: run, well run but I just remember running from room to room to make sure everything was going well you know um and and, and in an exciting kind of way but um we had a great crew um the my fellow um leaders and the various constituencies were outstanding um we had a lot of interesting issues going on at the time and it was a wonderful experience i learned so much doing that and um uh, I made a lot of really great friendships and colleagues, and, and, you know, it's interesting watching, going through that process, both the year I was a delegate with the other constituency delegates, and also um, the year I was convener. So many of those people that I met and um, and learned from are, um, are, and have become, and still are, leaders within the academy, which is really neat to watch that happen, um, and, I think that really uh goes to show you how important NCSC is for um helping us all learn and grow. Um but it it was uh, it was a really exciting time.
0: Oh I mean absolutely I'm and sure I, you probably remember... had a
1: similar experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the leadership team was just fabulous. You know, I didn't have to, you know, do much at all. You know, no, they've and, had a staff it's
1: incredible.
2: Yeah,
0: and obviously the staff is is also very well run. You know, they they they, they gave me the script and they said I have to be here at this time and and this and that and whatever and uh, you know and, and you know obviously you know there's things that are, that come up that. Uh, you know, during the meeting, uh, which is very exciting as well, um, to try to sort through and and, and that type of thing. Uh, um, but uh, I guess things are a little bit different now, and that and that the uh, I think the convener runs the business session, which uh, which would like drive me nuts. Oh uh, yeah,
1: we, we did not have that.
0: <laughs> we, we, we 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 did not have that, um, and, I and think also that, back that was okay. Uh,
1: I wouldn't have, I'm, I'm
0: glad that was fine. With <laughs> and I remember my year before, I was like the convener and waiting and um you know i was like you're uh, trying to help um and, and i was there um, just helping out and and i remember back at that time you know they they uh, they had this session and i think it was right after orientation uh where they had the uh the convener for the next year run like a uh uh, uh it's it kind of like a town hall meeting or something like that it was it was kind of like people just bringing up topics and trying to facilitate a discussion for an hour um and uh, it was something paralleled along the listservs at the time or something like that. I think they called it listserv Live or something like that. And oh, yes. And yeah. they, they, mm-hmm. they, they 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 threw the convener and waiting in there and uh, that that's like that's like on the first morning and I was stressed out about that for like six months <laughs> because like you know what if you mess that up and then they're like oh we gotta wait you gotta work with this guy next year like what is up with that.
2: <laughs> no nope. uh,
0: so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was that was fun. That was exhilarating. I mean, they don't do that now, but uh, um, that was that was the the one thing that that I remember from um, from kind of the year before um, experience. Um, but it's, it's 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 such a fun thing uh to do um and and I was convening when I was a new physician too, I think because uh it was it was either like I tried to do that, but I knew i couldn 't do the board position because of my work situation at the time, um, but I would have loved to run for the board i just i just couldn 't do it with my work situation um, so i 'm like, oh well, maybe I can try with this convener thing and um that, but it, it, it is a whole different experience of the meeting, uh, you know, rather than just being on the leadership team. It's just uh, uh, it's exhilarating. It's exciting. Um, you know, people have an a, a opportunity to try to do that. I mean, it's, it is just so much fun to do.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my um, favorite opportunities I had within the academy, and one I definitely uh, honor.
0: Um, on the line with us is uh, Dr. Julie Wood, a family physician and uh, AFP uh, board member. Why don't we um, take a little bit, a little bit different tilt on this advocacy piece? I wanted to kind of touch back to um, when you had to give up your practice and and uh, when you had to, you know. Um, leave your full scope practice um and to take a different type of role in a different type of um you know employment uh, physician uh, position um and you talked a little bit about advocacy and how that triggered you to to do a little bit more with advocacy can you expand a little bit about on that
1: Sure well I I mentioned that in my introduction a little bit that um it, I was already doing things at the time that happened. Ironically, um, we you know we had this big malpractice insurance crisis in Missouri. Uh, I had already been involved with advocacy, uh, but that was something that really hit close to home. And at the time that that malpractice insurance crisis hit, I was the president of the Missouri Academy of Family
2: Physicians.
0: Wow. So,
1: yeah, uh, huh. that gave me an extra um, yes. voice, really. Um, not that I wouldn't have done it anyway, but um, I, I was able to, I think, get a little bit more leverage out of that. Um, and so I I was there, um, I was down at the house, uh, the state house quite a bit, uh, talking to people. And it was interesting because anytime time that people would testify about what was going on, It always seemed to be specialists and talking about access to care. And this doesn't really seem to be, I remember one guy in front of me who was a reproductive endocrinologist talking about the... The big impact of the the malpractice crisis in Missouri on his practice in in this um affluent city area where he practiced, and you could just tell that the 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 house committee in Missouri wasn't buying it um and that, but they were asking him all these questions um and they were they were really going after him, and I was next <laughs> i was thinking, oh boy. <laughs> um wow. I mean the sweat was torn off of me, you know, <laughs> and the <this>, um <laughs> This uh, particular congresswoman was, you know, do you take Medicaid, doctor, you know, well, no, and do you do this and do you do that? And um, and then he then he says, but, you know, don't worry about the rural areas. This isn't affecting them at all. <laughs> and I'm sitting back here, I'm, you know, in 10 days my practice is closing. So I come up there next and said, well, I'll do respect to my colleague, um, you know, I'm from this town and with this number, and I'm closing my practice at this time and I had numbers, and they said, "Well, do you take Medicaid?" I'm like, well, I did um, and right. you know my other uh other colleagues have stopped. We're all closing our doors to o b the other two are staying. I have to close completely. I rolled off several figures and about what we had to do and why it was a big impact and um it, it was it was just the timing, and it couldn't have been juxtaposed anymore. We had two polar opposite, you know, hyper specialized practices that um, were uh, did not take any kind of indigent care. Mine that was closing that, uh, you know, they were. It was just really interesting, um, and it it, it kind of went at least for that time. You know, that was almost ten years ago. It kind of went viral, as much as things went viral back then. Um,
0: right, right.
1: And it got a lot of press. And uh, so I ended up testifying more and went back to another committee. And um, so it, it was something where I got a lot of experience in media experience. And thankfully I had taken you – know, you mentioned media training the other night on your show. I had taken yeah. – the academy had done uh, media skills training. And okay. it was one of the things where our, uh, our academy had gotten one of the – I think it was one of the foundation grants to bring somebody in uh, mm-hmm. and, and do some media skills training with, a, with our Missouri Academy leadership and that had been really helpful. So I was glad I'd had that. And uh, I had, so I, I think it was just kind of taking it up a notch. I had just done some basic things as I'd gone up through state leadership. But that was where I, things got much more intense. And I think it was a, a good training ground. It was something I felt really passionate about, um, both from the patient access standpoint and for my own career, too. So
0: uh, uh, that's when and, I, and I
1: really got, I- got more involved.
0: Um, and, and I asked, uh, you know, Glenn is when he was on the show here, um, you know, uh, recently, and, uh, you know, I, I asked him and I'm asking the same thing. I mean, you know what do you tell, um, you know, family docs out there who say, you know, I it's you know, I, I don't I don't want to get involved legislatively. I that's just not for me. Um, you know, other people can do it. You know, it's uh, you know, it's it's not really that important. To be involved, you know, at the local, state, or federal level when it comes to legislation, um, what, what, what do you tell those docs?
1: It's that kind of that old, oh, my voice doesn't count, or my one vote doesn't count. It, it absolutely does count. I think it's really hard to get that message across, but we have to continue to try. And um, it, it really does. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I've heard that ever since I was a resident, um, when I would go off and do these, you know, the resident delegate thing. Um, my peers would say, well, that's really nice you do that. I'm glad you're doing it for us because I don't want to do that. Um, they wouldn't necessarily think what I was doing was invaluable, but they didn't want to do it themselves. So I think that's a pervasive attitude. It has been for years. Um, and, I, you know, we're just going to have to continue to work to educate our peers. I think we're slowly getting to a tipping point um, where we're seeing, you know, the responses in our surveys, uh, the work we're doing with the academy, uh, as far as social media even, I think is really getting the message out there more uh, to to um, the Academy and our members are really starting to value that advocacy more and more. And I think as we see more results, they'll start to get on the bandwagon a little more. I think there's always going to be the laggards there. But um, as we get more involved and get more results, I think we'll do better. But we're going to have to continue to make that message power for a strong one. Um,
0: and, and I'm going to plug the, uh, the Family Medicine Congressional Conference uh, coming up as well. And, and, and for people who Absolutely. have never done it before. Um, that is you, such we'll, an we'll, exciting we'll, meeting. What the, What is it like to, uh, you know, to, to be an advocate, you know, on Capitol Hill, you know, for people, especially PM docs who have never done it? Can you share a little bit about your experience when you've done it up there?
1: I did that for the first time when I was, I think, um, an up-and-coming leader in my academy. they uh, My state academy, they would send us, I think it was vice president. Uh, I was kind of scared to death, frankly. Uh, it seemed like the big time, you know, and, and um, they, uh, the first day of that meeting, you're you spend um, hearing about key issues and they do a very good job educating you on what those are and it's a two-day meeting basically uh, and th- so they do the education on the issues they talk a lot about how to present those issues in a manner that the legislative uh, aides who you're often speaking to occasionally you get to speak to a senator representative uh, so you get good mentoring on how to go and how to how to make a an impactful conversation with those uh, people on the hill and then the second day You are handed a subway pass, and off you go. Uh, And you're often paired with, uh, the first time I went, you're paired with someone who is knowledgeable, um, often from your state, ideally. So you're going with other constituents. Uh, The first year I went, uh, there wasn't anybody with me from my state much, so they sent me with an academy leader, and uh, that was really helpful. And so I saw someone in action on how to do it. Um, I know last year I was really impressed we had a, a great contingent of residents and students, and so many of our issues are pipeline issues. They were very powerful, and I think that was excellent to have the residents and students there to talk about the issues that were so important to them and our um, training and education issues, GME issues. So um, that's a wonderful meeting, and uh, I, I've been back several years now since um, with a, a little different viewpoint and with a little bit more um leadership training and skills, but I love it and I learn so much every year and I'm excited about that.
0: And uh, just to let people know, too, I mean, it, you know, the, this also happens at the state level, if not all state chapters, many right. state chapters have have a very similar um, program and process. Um, yeah, advocacy day on the hill, you know, on uh, at the state house or something like that and it's a very similar process, is that right?
1: Right, right. They do some type of training where they talk about issues, do some kind of some of them will do role-playing or media training as a part of that day, depending on how long they have. Um, and some states will incorporate their board meeting with that. It just depends on uh, how much time they have. Uh, and then go out and do their hill visits. And it's really very successful.
0: Um, and, and being a board member now, so, so is it is it like a different perspective? Is it like the 60,000-foot level, you know, when, when you're trying to look at issues? Um, I mean, how much of a different perspective is it? now, you know, at you know, being a board member as opposed to not being a board member?
1: Uh, there's somewhat both of it. There's the 60,000-foot level, but there's some granularity that uh, I didn't see before, too. So it's uh, interesting to have both, so where you get some depth uh, and uh, learn a lot more, uh, but also to really get a big picture that I haven't appreciated before, too. So I'm um, very um, excited to have both perspectives. And it's very helpful too it's a um it, it's definitely a learning process, and uh it's I've had two meetings, and so I think just learning the whole process on how it works is um is exciting and fun and uh and I feel like I'm starting to get my ground you know uh so i'm I'm learning now i can uh, now that I've learned how everything works, I feel like I'm starting to learn even more.
0: Uh, and, and I know I've asked you this privately, so I'll ask you this on the air. I mean, you know, you know, you know, why, why should you know somebody like me consider you know running for the board and, and contributing to the academy in, in that capacity?
1: Well, I think coming, um, anybody that's come through leadership opportunities has something to offer. So, um, you know, with you, you obviously have your skill sets with your leadership. Uh, that you've developed through the academy and outside the academy as well, and you have your social media skill set. So I think bringing what you have to offer is an important thing, and then also your viewpoints uh, are very important. And and then for your own personal um, opportunities, it, it's a wonderful learning experience too. It's uh, an, a great experience to learn with other colleagues. I've um, been really just completely impressed and Uh, excited about the other people on the board. It's a very diverse, rich environment, very respectful, um, and uh, it's a great opportunity. So I would encourage anybody that uh, can dedicate the time and uh, has the interest to uh, pursue it.
0: Um, On the line with me is uh, Dr. Julie Wood, the family physician and AFP board member. In just a few minutes that we have here, um, I did want to ask you about about the social media angle and and your interest in it. Because you, Mm -hmm. Julie, are the first person to ever um, invite me to do a social media talk via Facebook. And it was just like, uh, (laughs) it's it's very cool. Um, I find that hard to believe. yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got a lot of things through Twitter, but not through Facebook. And, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, this was last summer and, uh, I was out, I don't, I don't, I was at some kind of, uh, festival or something like that. And I, and, and as people know, I'm on my phone all the time. Um, even when I'm with people, uh, and, uh, I got this message from you me and I'm like, Hey, you want to come and hang out with us and talk about social media? I was like, wow, that's very exciting. <laughs> um, and, uh, so so what what well, tell me a little bit about your um you know I mean you're geeky um and I I mean that Thank in a little you. way um <laughs> and uh, of have course. you always been geek have you always been you know kind of geeky and techy and and how did you personally get uh you know start to you know do some of this Facebook and Twitter and social media stuff
1: uh, I've been a Facebook person for several years now and I got into that more because I helped teach medical students and my medical students got me interested because I wanted to see what they were doing. They were posting things on Facebook about what our activities were, and they were taking pictures, and I wanted to see the pictures. And they said, <laughs> they're going to be on Facebook. And I'm like, what's that?
2: <laughs> and, and it has been a
1: few years back, and so they're like, do this. So I got on basically just to see the pictures, and then all of a sudden all these friend requests started coming in, and I'm like, okay, so I just kind of lured me in and then all of a sudden all my academy contacts started friending me and I thought this is a great way to network because originally I was just kind of do it with my medical student friends and um and it just kind of took off from there and I really um found that uh, a lot of the academy networking went really well and so I have some personal things in there and, uh, and as you know Mike I've been a big Facebooker but not a, a Twitter person until quite yes. recently so um and and that I got into the Twitter scene just um, like a month ago, um, and 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 it's been. I hadn't really been anti-Twitter. I just had never done it because um, I'd been happy on Facebook, you know, comfort zone kind of right. thing. And um right. Reed is the one that got me going on Twitter. Uh Reed was uh, on the board, um, and he's uh, he's been a kind of our Twitter um, advocate to get the rest of the board. Yeah. Going on True. Twitter, and, and and as you've great. alluded to, um, a lot of the push for getting the board um, more on uh, Twitter and on social media in general really did come from NCSC last year. And you were exactly right about that. And of course, Glenn has done a great job this year in uh, engaging, I think, the whole academy on social media. So.
0: I mean, I, um, I mean, I, I I wasn't I wasn't there last year. I mean, can can you describe kind of? I wasn't either. <laughs> you weren't That's either. Like the oh I man. missed
1: in a long time. Yeah. But uh, but that's what I've been told.
0: So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I saw it unfold on Twitter, and uh, um, so yeah, but I'll, I'll ask Robin on, on Wednesday when she comes on what kind of what it was cause it was like I I kind of guess what was happening, um, and uh, it was just like a wonderful thing because uh, yeah, that, that is where um, social media really started in the academy is is uh, as with other things in the, in the academy, it is usually started at Alpha and NCSE. Um, which is, is very cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's great. So what, how, how, how do you, I mean, you know, as, as a geek, uh, how, uh, <laughs> how, how do you, how would you like to see, um, the Academy further, you know, utilize social media, you know, and, and to communicate not only with their members, with the public, with legislators, you know, cause a lot of people are using social media for those, uh, those functions.
1: I think it's a great opportunity for us, and I think we're just starting to scratch the surface, as you're alluding to. So I think getting more health messages out there, um, more advocacy grassroots type of messages, I think we've got a lot of opportunities to do that. So um, I understand you've got some uh, ideas you're going to share with us uh, at the meeting. Uh,
0: Yes, yes. I'll be eager to hear that. Maybe some uh, radical ideas. I have radical ideas. This will be my last stand at NCSC, so I can say whatever I want. (laughs) <laughs> um, I am not accountable to anybody, uh, so I'm just going to like throw it out there, uh, and then the academy will never ask me to do any other speaking engagements again. So this is my one shot; they're going to regret it, and uh, you know it's going to be fun.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, now we're definitely uh, I, all coming to that talk.
0: I know, yeah. Can, can, can I can I hype it up anymore? You know, people have to go because either either it'll be my best presentation ever or my worst presentation ever so you have to be there and uh, you know i'm trying to hype this thing up uh, even even greater than it what it actually is
1: <laughs> i can't wait to see the twitter feed now <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: right that's right
0: oh wow so i mean i can't believe an hour's gone gone uh past, uh so so uh, so fast um uh so julie is there anything else that, that i forgot to ask you or anything else like from a board perspective you know because I, I know i talked with glenn you know about you know about some of the the things that they're working on uh, um are there are there things that that um um, that I haven't talked about yet. Um, that um, you know that that are, are um, you know that are on the the board radar at this point. Uh, that I may not have mentioned before.
1: Well, I think you covered a lot of important things with him. It would take a whole other hour to cover if we want to go there. But um, you know, obviously, we have a lot of hot topics with uh, the um, Supreme Court issues coming out. That we're going to be following that closely okay. and. Um, you had a lot of discussion about the RUC, um, and I think that will continue to be a hot topic, and we'll be interested to see what the membership has to say about that. And uh, I think we'll have some good discussions uh, at the uh, town hall meeting, I'm predicting. Um, just uh, yeah. saying. Um, uh, yeah. and, uh, and I think as Glenn emphasized very well in his uh, his talk with you, which I thought was uh, well done on both of your parts, uh, I think you know we're a membership organization, so we'll have to see – um, what the membership has to say, and, and uh, that was a, a difficult decision, and, and we will continue to watch carefully and see what happens there. Um, but I think those are a couple of areas, and all the all the issues happening with CMS right now, there are a lot of payment issues with CMS that are going to be critical over the next several months, and so we're watching that very carefully uh, on our uh, behalf as members and also on our patients' behalf, so... Uh there's a five-minute capsule summary of uh, a lot of things that uh, that will be transpiring over the summer. But I think it will be a very important and
0: uh, interesting t- uh, Congress of Delegates this fall. Um, yeah, I mean, people go, should go to AFP.org, you know, and uh, there's a news feed there, um, AFP News Now. Um, and uh, for people interested in, in kind of the granular issues, um, they cover it, you know, on a daily basis. Um, and there's a summary every week. Um, I really enjoyed um, um, Glenn's post about social media uh, that happened last week. If people haven't uh, read that, Um, it's called I'm still listening. I like that one. Um, Yes. Yes. Um, And it's uh, um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just exciting times. It's just uh, I, I've known you for a lot of years, Julie, and uh, it's, it's it's exciting kind of uh, of seeing you know where I have been professionally and personally, uh, where the academy has been, um, and kind of seeing this evolution over the past uh, few years. And even more exciting to kind of see what's going to be coming up uh, in the future. And uh, I would never have dreamed in a million years that I would be talking with you over the internet, um, with you being a board member um, and me being a king. Um, and it's just uh, such a great. <laughs> Time.
1: There's no way I can stop uh, that sentence. Ever. Okay. So I, yeah, I, I really think, appreciate the invitation to be, appreciate the invitation to talk with you. Uh
0: yeah, I think we just closed things up. So um Yeah that uh, and, and, that, and,
1: that is it right there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: any, any any closing thoughts before uh, before we shut things down here this evening? Uh
1: no, I I think you did it. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, we, 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 you and I have a lot of off-the-air conversations that we, we can't share here uh, uh, next week, uh, but to I'm forward to right? looking forward to those as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Um, but,
2: well, thank you so
1: much for having me on. It's been great discussing uh, all the different academy leadership opportunities, and I hope to see a lot of you at NCSC or at other opportunities in the future.
0: Uh, Dr. Julie Wood, family physician, AFP board member, uh, mentor of mine. Thank you so much for that. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. We'll talk more next week. And it's just been a delightful conversation, and uh, we'll talk very soon. Thank you, Mike. All right. Thank you. All right, kids. So that's all we have uh, here uh, this evening. Uh, And uh, this is, you know, this is a countdown, kids. This is a countdown. Uh, You know, 10 days, a little bit more than 10 days. Um, NCSE, uh, I'm going to do my best to try to explode the social media angle for this why because i'm presenting there about social media duh uh and because it's going to be a good time uh, it's going to be a good time it's going to be fun and uh so tomorrow night i'm on call so you know i there's um you know no social media stuff well i'll be probably twittering as usual but no show uh two nights from now there'll be a show um 7 pacific 10:30 p.m Uh, Eastern Time, uh, and my good friend Robin Lou will be here, the new physician uh, board member, and she will tell me what happened uh, at last year's NCSC meeting and uh, uh, let me know uh, kind of how it uh, exploded um, out there um, in Kansas City last year. On Thursday, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, my good friend uh, Jerry Tolbert, Dr. Jerry Tolbert will be here. Uh, He's been on the show before. He's a first-time NCSC attendee, uh, and I will be giving his orientation right here on the air. Uh, so that will be very exciting. You have to check that out next week. The convener himself, uh, the Grand Pooh Bah, uh, Dr. J. Lee, will be here, and I'll get to pick on him a little bit, and uh, <laughs> that'll be fun. Uh, and uh, and finally, maybe, maybe, have your fingers crossed, kids. You know about this interview that I'm trying to set up. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be history making. It's going to be groundbreaking. It's going to be unprecedented, and it's going to leave you all. Uh, with a big letdown if I can't make this happen so I'm already putting pressure on myself <laughs> uh, so check me out uh, on uh, Facebook uh, facebook.com slash rocks follow me on Twitter Dr. Mike Savilla D.R. Mike Savilla and of course the uh, uh, digital library of my blog posts, audio podcasts and videos at familymedicinerocks.com I have to go to bed I have to get up in a few hours to be on TV tomorrow morning it's tough being me kids <laughs> I'm talking about uh, tomorrow is uh, World Meningitis Day. i am going to be talking about uh, meningitis um, on uh, local TV here. And, of course, I will post up the video um, on my uh, uh, website and uh, Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's all I have, kids. Thank you so much for uh, joining me. Thanks again to Julie uh, for uh, joining me here as well. Hey, you know, we're going to ramp this up, kids. You know, the, the, the best meeting of the year, I think, is coming up next week. Um, and I'm very excited about it. If you can't uh, tell that uh, by now, we're going to have fun. We're going to have uh, a good time. And, and you're going to change the world. That's right. That's right, kids. My name is Mike Sevilla. Hey, follow me on uh, on Twitter, uh, Dr. Mike uh, dot com. And uh, there's no closing song here tonight. I'm just going to end the show here. And, uh, hey, let's let's blow this up. Let's have fun. You know, let's tell people about family medicine. Let's tell people how cool we are you know, how we're advocates for our patients. Hey, let me ask you, what are you passionate about? Bring it to Kansas City next week at NCSC. My name is Mike Savella. Good night from cold northeastern Ohio. We'll talk to you all in a couple of nights. Have a good night, everybody.